Hi everyone, you are listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm Kristen Goodman, and today for this episode, I am sharing with you the replay of the class that I taught, Three Ways to Powerful Connection with Your Teen, and how to stay emotionally regulated, especially when you get really frustrated, really upset with your teen, how to practice self-care so that you can fill your own cup so that you are in a better position to show up for your teen and for your family. My group coaching course is going to open for enrollment. Actually, it's open now. We start next week. I would love for you to join us. It's six weeks. We're gonna do some group coaching. You're going to get videos that you can watch whenever is convenient for you to learn these tools so that you can create a better relationship with your teenager. If you are interested in that, go to parentinginthemiddle.com. I would love for you to join me there. All right, enjoy this replay. Welcome to Three Ways to Powerful Connection with Your Teen. As our kids get older, when they're younger, they're so easy to love on and to please. And as they get older, it can get really tricky because you can get more eye-rolled, talking back, disrespectfulness. Their choices and decisions might not be the ones that you've wanted them to make. And that can create a lot of disconnection with your teens. I know when my kids were little, I remember feeling overwhelmed, annoyed, and frustrated. And so what I want to start with is asking you, what are your top three emotions when it comes to parenting? And if you could put that in the chat, open up the chat box, and no one else will see it. It'll just come to me if you're here live. And I want to know your top three emotions when it comes to parenting. Okay, we have annoyed, overwhelmed, frustrating. Very good. Heather says joy, fear, uncertainty, definitely. And they can be good um, emotions as well. Chaos, discouragement, confused, worried, definitely all things that we experience. All right, so if you are in this class, if you're watching it live or if you're watching a replay, this class is for parents of teens, but the tools that I'm going to teach are applicable whether you have adult children or small children. And if you have small children learning these tools, the earlier the better to get good at listening and practicing the skill of holding space for your kids' emotions is so good. So no matter how old your kids are, I want you to know that this class will be helpful for you. If you have any questions about anything that we're gonna talk about today, wait until the end and put it in the Q&A or the chat box. And I will stay on to answer any of the questions that you have. A little introduction about myself and I put a little picture of my family. I have four girls. Their ages are 19, 17, 14, and 12. I found coaching about for, well, five years ago, maybe six years ago, and I really did the work on myself with my own coach that just changed the way I thought about parenting. So I became a certified life coach through the Life Coach School in 2019, and I've been coaching parents ever since. Uh, I have always been interested in parenting books and self-development, and coaching helped me put them both together. It was like the how-to. Like I knew a lot of the strategies and I knew a lot of the parenting, you know, what the gurus would say, 
But in the moment when you're super frustrated or your child is just really, really difficult, it's hard to know how to navigate that. You might know, well, this is what they would say to do, but I am feeling so frustrated and you don't respond. You just have that automatic reaction to yell or to say something that you regret later. The, the, the relationship is disconnected and it can be really hard. So for me, coaching was like the how-to guide to doing all the things that I was reading about. And I really was able to see some change because of that. And so that's why I love coaching. I love the work that I do here at Parenting in the Middle with my podcast and on Instagram. And if you don't follow me there, you can find me at Kristen Goodman Coaching. I coach also, I coach members of ClickFunnels and Allison Prince's zero to 100K community, if you are familiar with them. So I do do some business coaching as well. Um, but my love and focus is on coaching parents of teens because our teenagers need us. They are in a world that's confusing and hard and they have so much coming at them all the time that I really want to help parents connect with their teens so that they can help them and influence them in the best way possible. So um, I just started focusing solely on group coaching. I had done a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching in the past and I love that aspect. But group coaching, I think, is where so much change can be had because you can hear experiences from other parents just like you, and you don't feel so alone. I think especially as you parent older kids, it can feel kind of alone because it's hard to share some of those struggles. It's hard to, you know, we want to keep our kids, um, protect them, keep their experiences safe, and we don't want to just share things publicly about what they're going through. So we want to keep things more private, but we still, it's so important to share things, have a community of people that we can share the hard with to know that we aren't alone. I know for me, for a long time, I felt like I was the only one who struggled with this. I was the only one who felt so frustrated and everyone else seemed like they had it all together. And so where I was confused is thinking that, well, if I did this and this and this better, if I managed my time, if I had a cleaner house, if I had more fun with my kids, if I made more time for them, then things would change. And so I was always chasing this emotion or this feeling because I thought, well, when this happens, then I will feel better. And what I learned is that nothing needs to change for you to feel better. You really can. There are strategies and tools available to you to help you feel better right now. And what the beautiful thing about that is, is when you feel better, things change. You parent better. You are more regulated. You are able to influence your kids, which then helps your whole life feel better because you know how to navigate all of the emotions that come with parenting because parenting is full of a ton of emotions all the time. So I asked you in the beginning what emotions you had as you parented. And uh, now I want you to think about what emotions do you wish you had as you parented? If you could think about emotions that you want or that you think it would be nice, um, like I put down calm, love, confidence, appreciated. That's always a good one. We want to feel appreciated for all that we do for our kids. Fun, happy. What else? What other kinds of emotions do you want to feel as you parent your children? And you can type them in the chat. Calm, another one for calm and patient. Grateful. Grateful. That's a good one. That's a good one. And that's one that we, all of these emotions we're able to choose to create within ourselves. 
I like the, I like being grateful, um, content. I like that one. Love, positive, not worried. Yeah. Confident, empowered, in control, all good ones. We often parent how we were parented. So we can bring experiences that we have as children and project them onto our kids. And I know I've done this before where if, and, and gratitude is a huge one. If I feel like my kids are entitled or not grateful, that's a trigger for me to feel like, oh my gosh, this is a problem. I need to teach you how to be more grateful. And I just feel all of that emotion come up. Um, that makes me frustrated and annoyed. What, so think about too, those triggers that you have that come up for you when um, your child does something, the ones that make you feel frustrated. And then I, in my Parenting in the Middle podcast and in my course, I talk a lot about this pendulum, this parenting pendulum that we can fall into and how being in the middle, right? We're not on either end of that spectrum where, you know, authoritarian is on one side. That's really controlling. You set really strict rules and you expect children to follow them. And maybe we grew up in an authoritarian home where we did everything we were supposed to. We were very obedient because that's what our parents expected us to do. And if we weren't, we were going to be punished. Our parents had high expectations of us and they expected us to meet them. And then we did. Um, that would be, you know, where you're, you have more of the control. You want that control and you expect your kids to hold to that. There's not a lot of flexibility in, with the authoritarian parents. And so sometimes we can be there on the pendulum. I think it's a swinging pendulum. So sometimes you might be in that fixed, not flexible space of parenting. Then you have on the other side of the pendulum, permissive parents. Permissive parents don't set very many limits or if any at all boundaries. Uh, there are few, if any, rules. There's no attempt to control children. It's like, just let them be kids. And um, they're just very relaxed. And um, so I'm not saying that they're neglectful of their kids. Like that would be a completely different type of parenting. And I don't even really address that here because if you're here, you're obviously wanting to be here and you're a good parent and intentional parent. And so I don't even really address anything about like neglect or, um, so I'm not saying that permissive parents are neglectful. Permissive parents just don't have a lot of rules and they might let their kids go out and um, they're just more relaxed. Um, and they just trust their kids to make their own decisions and to figure it out. And, and so they can typically get walked all over or manipulated by their kids. The permissive parents are afraid to set roles or afraid to make their kids mad. Um, so complete opposite of the authoritarian parent. So then we have the authoritative parent. And the authoritative parent, I forgot to put the um, definition right there. So the authoritative parent is one, oh wait, maybe I did a, there we go. <laughs> I had to push the thing. So authoritative parents, are responsible to their child's emotions while holding to rules and standards. 
they are, this is the type of parenting that I feel like it's right in the middle. And we don't always stay in the middle. Of course, we're not perfect. Our kids are not perfect. So we're going to kind of all be all over the place in the parenting pendulum. But what I want to help you avoid is just to be on the extreme end. to have a little bit of flexibility to allow for mistakes, to not make it all about yourself, to feel a little more in control, to feel confident and uh, patient, loving, hold space for yourself. So the authoritative parents is um, they do set limits. They enforce consistent boundaries and they can calmly communicate with their children. So they don't get triggered and react. They're very um, responsive. They can pause, think about how they wanna respond and respond. They're regulated, they're confident. And so this is the goal, but of course we're human. And so it's not like you're gonna do this all the time, but I would say if you could, if you could parent in this way, like 80% of the time, you're doing amazing. Um, authoritative parents allow for discussion and reasoning. And so there's some, there's a, a bond and a relationship that is formed when you parent this way, because you can ask your kids how they are feeling. You can get curious and listen to them without judgment, get to know your kids a little bit better. Why are they thinking that? Why are they feeling that? You're not making it about yourself. It's all about your child. And so how do we start developing this relationship with our kids, especially if we have been more on the permissive side or more on the author authoritarian side? How can we start to build a better relationship with our teen? And if this is something that you're thinking about, I want you to know that that is the perfect place to start is just by having a desire to look at yourself, to look inward and do better and know that you have the ability and the control to create that change within yourself, that you don't need your child to change or be different or to make different choices for you to feel better. So think about that. If you need your child to act a certain way or behave a certain way so you can feel better, you are powerless to that. You are giving all of your power away to your child because they are the ones responsible for how you feel. So if they make a wrong choice, if they are disrespectful, you have no other ability to control yourself other than react to that behavior. And so you are parenting from a way that's like trying to create the behavior that you need so that you can feel good. Does that make sense? And so it's a very powerless, out of control place to parent. And that's why it can feel so terrible. On the flip side of that, that's where it can be easy to get validation from external circumstances. Or your kid is doing amazing, they get straight A's. They're so responsible and so respectful and everyone loves them. And they have all of the friends and they do everything they're supposed to. They listen to everything that you say. Well, then you can think you're this perfect parent and that everything is going right. And it's all because of everything that you're doing. And so you, when I say that you're giving your power away to your kids, it can work against you. It works against you in both, both ways, but it's hard to notice if it is validating you and making you feel like a good mom because things are going well. It's a lot easier to think thoughts like everything is working as it should. My child is doing well. Uh, they're respectful and obedient. It's a lot easier to feel calm and patient when things are going well. 
But notice in both cases, your children are not the reason why you feel the way you feel. Their actions are not the reason why you feel the way you feel. It's the thoughts that you're thinking. And we'll talk more about that in the future and future classes. And especially we'll get really deep and clear about it in, in my course that I have. But um, the thoughts that you are thinking are what is creating your feelings. So how you are interpreting your child's behavior, how you, um, you know, were parented as a kid, the experiences that you have had all affect what we make it mean when our kids do something wrong or when they are disrespectful. And that has such an impact on our feelings and how we feel. So the first step is just acknowledging that we want to take back control of how we feel and not um, expect our kids to be responsible for that. That's a really huge burden on them to be responsible for how their parents feel. And so to just have this awareness that we are going to release our children from being responsible for our feelings. I think that is a huge, huge step and it's something that takes time and practice to do because our relationships start within. They, um, it's how we are thinking about the people that we are around that creates that relationship. And so we want to be present and we want to show up for our families even when it's messy and challenging, right? Like if you think about how you would show up as your best self as a mom, the world is still going to be messy and hard and things are going to happen. It's impossible to create like this perfect curated little world for our family as much as we would want to. But even if we could think about how, um, what a disadvantage that would be for our kids because they wouldn't know how to solve other problems or how to handle disappointment or hard things. So if we really think about it, we don't want to create this perfect world for our kids. We want them to be able to navigate life even when it's hard and know that they can do it and to be confident and grow. And we do that from making mistakes. And we want to show up as a mom even when it's messy and challenging. And we wanna be the best mom we can be, especially when it's messy and challenging. And so the way to do this, the first step is connecting with our inner self. What are we thinking? How are we feeling? How is what we are thinking impacting how we are feeling? Are we focusing on the, the gratitude and all that we have and how amazing our kids are? Or are we focusing on everything that's going wrong and everything that's hard? And depending on what we're focusing on, that is how we are going to feel most of the time. And the relationships we have with other people, it does, it starts with ourself. How, what's the relationship you have with yourself? How are you feeling about your parenting? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling like you trust yourself to make decisions? Or are you feeling insecure or a lot of self-doubt? Uh, because if that's the way we feel about ourselves. It's going to be hard to create that connection with other people because we need the validation or we need them to act a certain way so that we feel good. Um, so just real recognizing that it starts with ourselves and that we have control over how we feel and we don't need other people to act or respond in a certain way to make us feel better. That is the first step. So think about the limiting beliefs you have that have blocked you from being calm and present. And so this sounds something like, if my kids don't work hard, they will fail. My kids are ungrateful, entitled, and spoiled. A thought like, I don't want my kids to mess up, or I don't want to mess up my kids as a parent. Like I'm responsible for them. I can control them and I need to. 
I am responsible to protect my kids and help them avoid mistakes. And, and think about that thought too. It sounds really lovely and like a, something a good mom would think. I am responsible to protect my kids and help them avoid mistakes. Of course. But if that thought makes you feel worried or um, like you need to manipulate situations because you don't trust your kids to handle that, that thought is not going to serve you. It's going to create a lot of fear and worry for you. So that thought might work for some that you are responsible to protect your kids and you know you will try your best, but you also allow for things to happen because we can't control everything. And so if our kids do make a mistake, it's okay. We can trust that they can handle it and that we can help them, but it doesn't create a lot of worry for us. It may create some curiosity and some intention, like we can do the best that we can and then it's okay that we can step back. But notice if the thoughts that you're thinking, these limiting beliefs are creating, you'll know if they're limiting, if they are creating a lot of fear, worry, or overwhelm. I think those are the three top feelings as a mom that we can feel that really can impact our relationship with our kids. Because if you're worried, if you're fearful, if you're overwhelmed, you know, what do you do? What actions do you take? How, how do you talk to your kids? Uh, what do you what do you do in those situations when you're really overwhelmed? Connecting is probably not what you do. And so I want you to uh, be able to release yourself of that overwhelm and that fear and that worry. Of course, for human, it's still going to show up for you, but I want you to know how to process those emotions, of course, because it's not your kids that are creating it. We can look at those feelings and instead of trying to get rid of the feeling or think something has gone wrong, we can lean into those feelings because we're not afraid of them anymore. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It probably makes really good sense why you feel overwhelmed. You know, think about everything you're doing, everything that's going on around you. So it's okay that you're feeling overwhelmed and you just kind of accept it and then think, okay, now what do I want to do? What do I need? Do I need to take a nap? Do I need to rest? Do I need to say no to something? That's where you can get into your mind and head and give yourself the space to Choose what you want to do now instead of running away from overwhelm or thinking it's a problem. It's more like, okay, what do I need? And how can I meet my needs right now? All right. So what other limiting beliefs do we have when it comes to parenting our teens that keep us from feeling calm and present with them? And I will give you just a minute and type them into the, into the chat. We're talking about limiting beliefs, thoughts that we have that keep us from being calm. So we get frustrated. Um, bedtime routines, like our kids should be on bed on time. That's a good one. Yeah. And it sounds like a good, like a good mom gets their kids to bed on time. Sure. If that's something important to you, I absolutely agree that you are able to get your kids to bed on time. But what happens when? your day is different and you're out late or your kids are up late or they're sick or they just, it's one of those nights they took a late nap and they just keep getting up and down, up and down, or it's your teen and summer. That's my life right now is it's summertime. And my kids think they can be out late every night and we don't go to bed early and I'm tired. Um, if I am thinking they shouldn't be out late and they should come home so that I can get some sleep, I can think that, but if they don't do that, I'm going to feel powerless to it. 
So for me, if I, if I can communicate to my kids what I want and we can come to a compromise, um, maybe allow certain dates for them to stay out late. You know, you can enforce boundaries for sure, set limits, have consequences, but not think because I'm the mom, you shouldn't be out later than this every single night, right? The older our kids get, the harder it is to control them. And we do have to step back and allow them to have their own thoughts and ideas and opinions. They will oversleep. That's a good one. Talking about sleep and bedtime with teens, they like to stay up late and they like to sleep in. And so thinking they need to get up early or if they oversleep, they are being lazy. Um, And there's nothing wrong with these thoughts until it creates a lot of frustration and overwhelm. They will be exhausted. So if if they oversleep, they will be exhausted. And if they are exhausted, then what happens? How is that a problem for us? And does this create a lot of worry or frustration in our life? So how can we be calm and present and I'm using the word allow. So I mean like allow our kids to oversleep. And if that's something you want to change, you absolutely can change it. But if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. So you're just accepting it. So maybe accept would be a better word. So how can you feel calm and present and accept the fact that your kids are going to sleep in during the summer? It's going to sound something like that. Um, I'm responsible for... um, I'm responsible for and can control everything my kids do. That's, that would be one that's going to create a lot of stress and overwhelm in your life because we cannot control what our kids do. How does your parenting pattern affect your relationship with your children? And so think about, you know, if you're more authoritarian or if you're more permissive, how does that affect the relationship you have with your children? the way you were raised. So if you weren't given space to think and feel how you wanted and express yourself and have opinions, it can be hard to let your kids do the same thing. Um, Or it can be hard to let your kids have their opinions and voice their opinions or disagree. That can feel kind of frustrating or like that's disrespectful because you were raised to think that that was disrespectful. There are things that we were raised to think and believe that we can hold on to project onto our kids, and maybe there's another way. Um, Maybe it is better to give our kids the space to think and feel how they want. And if that's true, how can we change the way that we are parenting and not allow the way that we were raised to impact our parenting today? We fear judgment from other people. So we compare, we looked at other families that look like they're doing it just right or their kids are doing all the things that you wish your kids were doing or you are um, giving your kids space and allowing them freedom to make mistakes or um, certain things aren't as big of a deal to you as they are to other moms and you fear that judgment or you maybe feel that judgment, um, that questioning And then it impacts you. It causes you to have some self-doubt and to feel less than. Um, Sometimes we think we know what is best for our kids. And I think that is a universal one that all of us moms would agree with, that we we know what's best for our kids. And it can just cause a problem for us when our kids don't listen to us. So for me, what this creates, this thought creates is a lot of lecturing and a lot of 
like not just questioning, but like grilling. And um, I want to just talk to them and resolve an issue right away. And this causes a disconnection because your kids stop listening to you at a certain point. I read somewhere that when your kids are 13 years old, they pretty much know everything you think under the sun. And that is, that is pretty true and accurate, I think. And so with that being said, and if you can think back to when you were a teenager and your parents would try to tell you, well, when I was a kid, this is what happened to me. So you should do it this way. We didn't want to listen then. And our kids don't want to listen to us now. They want to go, they think they know what's better. They just do. And so when we think we know what's best for our kids and we want them to, we want to control the situation, we will talk too much. They will disconnect. They will stop listening. We don't have as much influence over them because they're not listening anymore. And then we get into the pattern of, okay, we need them to respond in a certain way so that we can feel better. And if they don't, if they're not listening, then it becomes a power struggle because now they are being disrespectful or they're not listening. Uh, they're not responding how you want them to do. And so that, that can create that power struggle. We want to give our kids all of the answers. I've often said that I wish we could just download everything we know into our kids' brains so that they don't have to go through some of the same struggles and learn the things that we had to learn, maybe the hard way. And then my favorite quote is, there is no wrong way to parent. And I have it covered up, um, so I can't read the whole thing. But there is no right or wrong way to parent. There's just your way. And when you can clean up all of the thoughts and the drama that you have in your head, the story that you have in your head about what your kids are doing and how it's going to affect them in the future, because when we worry, we're focusing on the future, something that has not happened yet. When we have regret and we're depressed and just feeling a lot of shame and guilt, it's usually focused on something in the past. So what I want to challenge you to do is just really stay present in the moment, and that will help you just accept where you're at right now and clean up the, the thoughts that are creating the drama. You know, the ones that are going into the future, the ones that are staying in the past. When you can clean those up, you, your brain is free. Your body is free of that pressure and that emotion. You process it to really decide, okay, now what do I want to do? Your parenting decisions will change from this space and so much will change. So the next, this next slide asks, how does insecurity and self-doubt affect our parenting? Think about when you feel insecure or you're doubting your decisions. Should you have let your child go to that party or stay out that late? Um, how does that affect your decisions? We need validation. So everything has to turn out perfectly. We have a lot of pressure. We need validation to be able to trust ourselves. And if we don't have it, it's hard to trust ourselves. And I think trusting ourselves is the first step so that we can trust our kids. And if we can allow us to be human and make mistakes, I still yell at my kids. I still get frustrated with my kids. The thing that's different is I don't feel a lot of shame about it now or think I'm doing it all wrong. I just know that I'm human and I am going to get frustrated and I'm going to do things that I know better than to do. And so I can go and apologize to my kids and they know that, you know, in their minds, they're probably thinking, Oh yeah, mom's just a little triggered right now. And they give me grace. I give them grace and we're able to communicate and not have a huge power struggle or fight because of it. Um, not a lot of things end in tears anymore. And I can tell you early on in my parenting, a lot of things ended in tears 
because I am more sensitive and I needed that validation and I needed things to just be okay. I needed my kids to be okay so that I could be okay. And that is a really hard place to be. So if you're there, I see you and there is hope. You can, you can learn how to navigate it and get out of that negative thought pattern. Taking things personally, we've kind of talked a little bit about that. When you take your kid's behavior personally, you make it mean something about you. Like you didn't do enough. You should have known better. You shouldn't have allowed them to do that. They shouldn't talk to you that way. They should be more grateful. Um, you didn't teach them, right? We're taking it personally. It feels terrible. We want to be perfect. And so we create an all or nothing mentality. And we think everything is going great or it's all going wrong. And so it's easy when everything's going great to be fun and patient and calm and loving. But when everything seems to be going wrong, we just want to retreat. And we're either in that fight, flight, or um, fawn space. I'll talk a little bit about that. So, um, or freeze. So what do you do when you get triggered and you just have that reaction and you just get so overwhelmed? Do you fight, flight, or freeze? And then fawn is one that I just learned about a couple of months ago that I think applies as well. So fight is the argument, the yelling back and forth. Flight is just, I got to get away from this contention. You retreat, you go to your room, and you just want to avoid it. Maybe you don't talk to your child. You give them the silent treatment. Um, or freeze is you're just frozen. You don't know what to do, and you can't think clearly you just freeze. And then fawn is one that is like a people pleasing thing. It's where you might feel like um, you just want to please that other person. So maybe it's being overly apologetic or you're like, how about we do this? How about we do this? I'll take you here and buy you a treat. Or um, you're just get overly complimenting people. It's coming from this place of like, I need things to be better, right? It's kind of a desperate, needy place that it can cause fawn. Um, that's so fight, flight, freeze, or fawn are the four ways that we can sometimes handle when things get really difficult. So notice how, when that shows up for you, what that looks like. So if you have anything else, when you are feeling, notice and put it in the chat, when you're feeling insecure or a lot of self-doubt, how does that affect your parenting? The power struggle, yes arguments, nobody's listening to each other, needing to control everything, wanting that validation. I think validation is huge for sure. We just need people to listen to us and agree with us or make us feel better, especially if things are hard, so that we don't feel insecure, right? It's like, it's like you're creating what you don't want. So when you feel insecure or you feel a lot of self-doubt and you need validation and you need people to make you feel better, help you feel confident and you need them to do that, you are, you are just feeding that insecurity. You're feeding that self-doubt. And that's where in my course, we get really good at just feeling your feelings. You're feeling insecure. It doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. You're feeling some self-doubt. It's hard to make decisions. Doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. You're completely human. That's okay. Um, so then, so then you can get 
better at not needing the validation and it'll change what you say and what you do with the people in your life. Someone says detachment. Yeah, that's a good one too. You just detach and um, you don't, you, that's where you can give them the silent treatment or you try to just numb yourself by not feeling those emotions that are so hard. Um, maybe it's scrolling social media on your phone too long or going and having junk food or eating something you don't normally want to eat or overeating, overindulging in things because you just want to numb out. Really, really good. All right. So where do we start when this is happening? It's just that self-awareness that I talked about before. It's being able to look within yourself and ask yourself, okay, what am I making this mean? And are you willing to go into that space of not needing your children or really anyone else to validate you or change so that you can feel better? When you need other people to change so that you feel better and you think that's just the way it goes, you aren't able to look inward and see where you can be creating this, where you are able to own some of the the hard things that are going on, how you are showing up, how you are talking. If you're not able to see that, how you can be creating this, it's really difficult to coach yourself through it. It's really difficult to change because you think other people are responsible for how you feel. You think you're responsible for how other people feel. So the first step is just having self-awareness that you're okay stepping into the space of I am no longer responsible for the feelings and thoughts of other people, and they are no longer responsible for mine. So now what? So you just start noticing the emotions that are coming up for you. So if it's worried, frustrated, or annoyed, instead of saying, you're making me mad, you're making me worried, I'm worried because of this, you start reframing it in your mind. You start allowing yourself the space to think, I'm feeling worried right now because I'm thinking of a story that this is going to happen. I'm creating this story that I should have been a better mom, or if I would have done it differently, then you would behave better. You don't have to say this out loud or share it with anyone. It's just getting really curious within yourself. What are you thinking? What is the story that you're creating for yourself that is making you feel worried and frustrated or annoyed? So if it's not your child making you feel frustrated and annoyed, what are you thinking that's making you feel frustrated and annoyed? So my favorite question, once you start noticing your feelings, I think you notice your feeling first, you're going to feel angry. You're going to feel that like emotion come, especially if it's something that is triggering, you're going to feel it come pretty fast. So sometimes in the moment, you're not able to do this. So this is where like, let's say something happens, you have a freak out moment, you yell at your kids. Um, you get very unregulated, dysregulated and slam your door, yell, throw things, whatever it might look like. I mean, we're just going to the extreme. You're not going to be able to do this in that moment, right? You're in the fight, fight, flee, freeze state of mind. So this is where this would be like when things are calmed down, when you take that break and you realize, all right, I need to take some time and go to my room, count to 10 or take some Take an afternoon, however much time you need, you know, ask yourself what you need in that moment. When things are calmed down, when your body has calmed down, your mind has settled down, that's where you can ask yourself, okay, I noticed I felt really triggered, really overwhelmed, really frustrated. What was I making it mean? What was I making that situation mean? We were late and we think, oh, well, we were late. So that made me mad, but it's not 
the being late that made you mad. It's your thoughts about what it means to be late. What it, you know, are you really worried about what they're going to think of you if you're late? Everyone's going to see you. Do you miss your appointment or what are you making it mean when you are late? That's creating that feeling because that is the work you have to do. And the great thing about this is that's what you have in control of. You can't always control what happens around you, but you can always control what you make it mean. But before we make it mean something positive or something that is more empowering, you have to notice and have that self-awareness of what you're making it mean right now. So those thoughts, they're probably really ugly and really negative. That's okay. What are you making it mean that is creating that emotion? Okay, so we're almost done. And this is just to recap um, basically what we've been talking about here and how you can create a better connection with your team. And it is starting within, starting with you, with what you can control, which is you, practice self-care. What does that look like for you right now? How much time are you spending in self-care? And that doesn't have to mean pedicures or money or time away from your kids. Some of us cannot do that but it might mean taking some time to be quiet and meditate. As we learn tools for self-coaching, maybe it's journaling and thinking about, okay, what are we making it mean that caused that emotion, that freak out, and taking time to reflect on that and um, accept that that's what's going on. You process some emotion. Um, Time with friends and building relationships where you can be honest about what's going on for you. If you, if most of your relationships are built on you having to be someone you're not or having to pretend everything is great and perfect, that's going to be really stressful. And that does not refill your bucket, so to speak. It drains you. And so what are you doing to fill your cup so that you have more to give your family? Um, It's so important. I know that it's something you've probably already heard where you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you're able to put on others. You know, that's something that they say when you get on a plane, put on your own before you can help others. But so often we just want to help our kids so much that we do it at the effect of losing ourselves in parenting. And that makes it so that we aren't more patient, more loving and more kind and calm. So when we can give to ourselves, refill, refuel, do the things that we need to do, then we'll have more to give our family. Watch for snapshot syndrome. This is a good one. And I love the word snapshot syndrome because I can really like notice when I'm doing this. I do this. I think I will. I think as parents, we will always do this. But it's when um, you see your kids for who you want them to be or think they should be. And we have this beautiful picture of, of what we think that looks like. You know, think about your curated Instagram feed. If you were to look at it and you share all of the happy points of a vacation or the first day of school and your kids look so amazing and happy and fun, things are going well. And you look back on those pictures and you're like, wow, this feels so good. But when you think about, okay, what was the reality? The reality was there was some arguing. It was so hard to get them to look all dressed and ready that day. I had to like, you know, that family picture that you had to coordinate all the outfits for, like it was so stressful, but you get that picture and it just looks so nice. Um, that picture isn't real. <laughs> it's something that took effort and time to create, and it doesn't exist. So when we think of our kids in the way that we want them to be or think they should be, and then they're not that way, we're not seeing them for who they really are. And that is going to create a power struggle. It's going to create a disconnect. Our kids are not going to think we know who they are. They're not going to want to come to us to talk to us because we don't get it. 
We don't get them. We don't understand them. We're not getting curious. We're just telling them what to do because we know better, right? It's because we're seeing them for who we think they should be or who we want them to be and not for who they are. So step back and start just seeing your kids for who they are right now with all their humanness, all their, um, you know, ungratefulness, their entitlement, uh, whatever it is. Who are they? What do they like? Get curious and connect with them the best way that you can without needing them to change. And then respect, respect them, listen without judgment. This one is huge. And this is where I first started noticing how powerful this work was and not taking things personally that I had control over it. So if um, I remember when I first started coaching with my own coach and they would ask me, okay, well, what are you making it mean? And I was able to really like go in my head and, and articulate what I'm making it mean. And in this one silly example, it was just getting my daughter to her tumbling class. And she was in third grade, I think. And she wouldn't, she didn't want to go. And, you know, I'm paying for this class. It's time to go. I need her to go because of other things that I had going on. We had to get into the car and she wasn't getting into the car. I was getting really frustrated and talking to my coach about it. Um, really helped me see. And it wasn't just throwing your hands up in the air and being like, oh, well, you don't have to go. You don't want to go for your fit or watch TV. And we we're just not going to go. We're going to avoid the conflict that, you know, that would be like the more permissive end of things where you're just like avoiding the conflict. All right, fine. You don't have to go. Sometimes that might be useful and you want to do that. But in this particular moment, that wasn't what I wanted to do. We had paid for this class. She had committed to this class. She needed to go. And so then the coaching work that I needed to do on myself was why did that make me so out of control? Why did that make me so frustrated and overwhelmed where I lost my temper with her instead of being calm and just like, it's time to go to tumbling. This is what we do at this time. She could throw a fit. She could be upset. She could not want to put on her shoes. That's okay. She was in third grade. I could have picked her up easily and put her in the car. It's just time for tumbling. This is what we do. And so seeing it through that lens of like, I don't have to freak out if my daughter's freaking out. She just needs to go to tumbling. It's no big deal. And so I tried it the next time. I think in this particular moment when I was being coached on it, we didn't go to tumbling. Like I was freaking out. She was freaking out. And it was like, okay, fine. Like one of those situations, you're like, okay, fine. We're not going to go. And then I'm ticked off and she's upset. And so the next time it was the same kind of thing. She didn't want to put on her shoes. We had had a conversation before that though, that she was going to go. She was crying. She was upset. She did not want to go. And she knew that we were going to go. This is just what we did. This is the time that we left. And we, we ended up getting in the car and we were able to leave because we didn't have that power struggle. She knew there was no other choice. And that's going to look different depending on your circumstance, your child, each child is different. Um, and this is where you start learning to trust yourself and have confidence in your own parenting strategies. Because for each child, one child might, it might be better to force them to do something they don't, they don't want to do because they need to develop that skill. For another child, it's letting them have a break and not putting them in a situation where they're uncomfortable. You as the parent know best, you are children. And so it's getting confident in really choosing what you want to do. Listen without judgment. This is where you are going to get to know your children better. You know what the reason why they're upset. 
Are they upset because they would rather hang out with friends and watch TV than go to tumbling? Or are they upset because something happened, they had an experience there where they felt unsafe? So, you know, in each of those situations, you might parent different. You're not going to get to know those reasons if you can't listen without judgment. If you are listening and then telling your children what they should think and what they should do, you're not really listening and they know that. And so they're not going to engage with you in this conversation. And so when I started listening without the judgment or offering my opinion, because I could remember, okay, my kids do know my opinion. I don't need to share it with them. I could just get curious. They might say something and I wouldn't really, I wouldn't give them my opinion. I'd be like, oh, wow, man, that sounds really hard. That sounds tough. Well, I wouldn't have liked that either. What I noticed is that they started sharing more. The story would grow. Like they would be able to share more about this story with me. Things might get quiet and then they would start talking to me more. And that was such a shift from in the past where I would just want to give them all of my opinions and answers. I thought I knew best. And what ended up happening was they would be like, oh, mom, you just don't understand. And then they would turn around and walk away. And so you can start getting better at noticing, okay, if I respond this way, then what happens? And it doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. You're just observing, noticing, and then deciding what you want to do in the future. You're putting yourself in this power place. You're not taking things personally. You're allowing yourself to be human. And it really will help you build a stronger relationship with your child. So what now? What do we do now? We're almost at the end of this, this class. If you want more, if you like what you heard, but it's still kind of hard to apply into your specific parenting situation, I would love for you to join me for the next six weeks. Next week, I will be starting a parenting course. It'll be a small group of us that are going to tackle all of the hardest parenting topics, things that we deal with, with our kids. And, it, and it's like going to be a really safe space to share and be open with our struggles, with our thoughts. Nothing is off limits. And then you can get real life coaching that will help you to help you get to know, okay, what am I thinking? What am I making this mean? Do I like the way I am reacting or responding to this? Is there another way? And through coaching, you will get really good at self-coaching so that you can put that into practice in your life. What are you making these parenting situations mean? What do you want to make it mean? How do you want to feel right now? Because if you can get to where you can go from frustrated and overwhelmed to patient and loving, you can still have boundaries and set limits, but you will also have influence. Then if you're very authoritarian and controlling or dysregulated, the influence you have will not be as great. And so the purpose to this is not only to help you feel better, to help you feel more confident and take time to get to know yourself and what you like to, to refuel. It's also to have influence over your kids so that they will be in a better place to make better decisions. Of course, we can't control that, but we can do everything in our control to help get that outcome, to have that influence. So if you want to learn more, if you want to join me, go to parentinginthemiddle.com. It's open and available right now so that you can join me in the group. Like I said, it's going to be a small group because I want us all to feel safe to share. Um, there will be some one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if you go and you join today, you will have two one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with me. So 
so that if you're not comfortable sharing in the group, we can just do that deep dive coaching together one-on-one and that'll be completely free after today. And that's for, if you're here live or watching it on the replay, if you, um, you know, if you're watching this in a few days, that will be available, the one-on-one coaching, but you'll have to pay for it. So, um, but even if you don't have the one-on-one coaching option, just having a space to, I have six videos for you to watch that will explain in detail with the workbook, the different things that we talked about today, but on a deeper level, you'll be able to watch that on your own time, whenever it's more convenient for you. And then every single week on Tuesdays, we will have our group coaching call where you can send in questions for me to answer anonymously, or you can jump on live and get coaching one-on-one. You can turn your video off. You don't have to show up, but um, it'll be so helpful for anyone in that group to hear coaching from other people. Because if you know, if you've done coaching before, when you hear other people get coached, you're able to apply it. Even if their situation is different, you're able to apply it to your own specific situation. And it is just so valuable. So the group coaching space, I just really, really love. And if this is new for you, that's when you might want to include the one-on-one coaching because you'll just be able to get a deeper understanding of what we talk about. And what I teach is the model, which helps you see that your thoughts are creating your feelings and your feelings are driving your actions. So when you're frustrated and when you're overwhelmed with your kids, you don't need them to change so that you can be patient and loving. You don't need your kids to talk to you in a certain way or say certain things so that you can be calm, right? And collected. They can say and do what they are going to say and do. And you get to stay calm and collected and decide how you are going to parent in that space. And that is really how you can become more consistent with those limits. If you need to set limits, if you need to do really hard things, because that can feel terrible too right? Like it's really about sitting in this discomfort of parenting. It can be really easy when things are going well. It feels amazing. We love it so much. We love our kids so much, but it can also feel really hard and difficult and, and just, um, hard to sit with the emotions that come with it. The worry that come with, you know, watching our kids do things that are really hard, setting boundaries when it's going to make them feel upset. It's being able to sit with those uncomfortable feelings and not allowing it to have such a detrimental effect on us where we detach from our kids or we go off and yell at them and really like can, um, can really impact the relationship we have with our kids for a long time. And so I invite you to start wherever you're at in your relationship with your kids, start repairing that relationship today or start building on it, creating that that closer relationship that you can have with your teens, because it doesn't have to stay frustrating and overwhelming. It can be there a little bit, but it doesn't have to stay there. So go to parentinginthemiddle.com if you want more. And uh, you can, of course, send me an email. If uh, you are watching this video, you've got my email. You were sent, go to that link. You can reply to that email. Ask me any questions you would like. If you would like to jump on a call with me and ask me more questions, we can do that. I have space for 20 minute phone calls to just answer any questions that you may have. My program, my group coaching program is really inexpensive when you look at other coaching programs. I know I've paid a lot of money for different programs. My program is $397, $397 
for our six week course where you get the pre-recorded videos, you get access to me through a group coaching call. If you want to add on the one-on-one -on -one calls, you can, or if you sign up today, you can get two of them available to you for free. So if you have any questions though, this is your time to ask. I can stay on for another 10 minutes. Thank you for sticking around with me this long. Really appreciate it and love seeing all of you here. And parenting, you know, is one of my passions, really being able to stay cool, calm, and collected, regulating our own emotions, doing the things that we want to do to grow as a person that is really going to help us as we parent our team. So if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat and um, I'm happy to answer any that you might have. Okay, I did, I am getting a question on if um, you can pay in payments, that so you can totally pay in payments, just send me an email. I'm not sure if the payment is set up like that in the, on the website. So just send me an email and we can work something out for sure. What do the group coaching calls look like? So, and what time will they be at? So the group coaching calls will be Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Arizona time. So that's Pacific time right now. And they will be for the next six weeks. So our last call will be on July 5th. Um, and if you miss a week, that's okay. You still will get the video for the week and you'll get the replay. So you will get the coaching call replays. And like I said, watching other people get coached is so important. All right. Someone said that they've never done coaching before and they don't know if it will work. Um, so to that, I would say you're the one who gets to decide if it's going to work or not. Why don't you think it will work? What are you worried about that is making you feel like if it doesn't work, then what? then what is the problem? Because I, in the parents that I have worked with, and you can look on my website to see, you know, what they have said, I have complete confidence that this will work. Putting these tools and strategies will, you know, getting rid of that drama in your mind, the thoughts like you are responsible or your kid shouldn't do that or whatever those thoughts are that are creating frustration and guilt or shame or making you either be more controlling with your kids or like you don't know what to do and you're just like throwing your hands up in the air. When you get rid of the thoughts creating those feelings, your decisions, your actions will be different. You will say something that your child will connect with and you'll start noticing, oh my gosh, um, things are changing. And as I did my own work with this and noticed the way that I was feeling and what I was doing and the actions I was taking and how it was impacting the relationships around me, how I felt better. So I was able to pause and respond and not react. All of a sudden, I just felt so much more connected with my team. And when you do this, you have complete control over that. So your team doesn't need to change for you to feel better. And I think that is the key because the question isn't if it's going to work or not, it will work. If you do this program, if you get coached and you show up and you do the work, you will change. Your thoughts will change. Your feelings will change. And it doesn't mean you're not um, looking at, you know, the behavior as it is. It's just instead of their behavior, making it seem like this huge problem and like it shouldn't have happened, but it did. So you're in this conflict. It's being able to, okay, this is what we have. This is what I've got. Um, my kid's talking to me. 
in a rude way and disagreeing with me instead of going, oh my gosh, like you're taking it personally and thinking like they shouldn't talk to you that way. And um, it's a reflection of you and your parenting. It just feels awful, feels terrible. And your best parenting will not come from that feeling. Instead of that going to that thought, you're going to think a thought that's like, wow, my child has some opinions today. My teenager has an opinion today. Wow. Their opinions are really strong. And then it doesn't feel so heavy or like a problem. So you're able to respond differently. Like, wow, I can see you're really opinionated about this, or I can see you feel really strongly about this. Sometimes it's being empowered to say, you know what? I cannot talk to you when you're like this. I will not engage in this conversation with you when you speak to me that way. So I'm going to go, you know, and then you, you decide what you have control over and what you are doing. You're not telling your child what to do to stop yelling because you can't control whether they stop yelling. You are setting that boundary for yourself. I am going to go into my room and we can talk about this when you have calmed down. Let me know when that will be. And you be the one to go into your room. Those are the types of things that will really change the trajectory of, of what is happening in your home. So that if you want your home to feel more peaceful and loving, it totally can because you are creating that within yourself. The last thing I will say is... Um, when you do this work and you're shifting from those thoughts, it's like you're holding on so tight to these thoughts that feel true. And as we coach through it and learn these tools and strategies, you're able to loosen your grip on those thoughts. You don't hold on to them so tight. So you're able to get curious and think, okay, is this, is this really the end of the world for my child? What else is true? And you're able to open your mind up to see what else is true because you know, maybe that was a horrible decision and dangerous and they shouldn't have done that for sure. Yes. But what else is true that you love them, that you're going to do everything you can to help them. And you're going to take care of yourself too. Um, those are, that is how you change those neural pathways in your brain. So that instead of it just going to that reaction, that thought, like this shouldn't happen, you're getting curious and you will over time change that neural pathway so that that thought that felt so true and so terrible isn't even there anymore. And instead it can go to a different thought that you will find within yourself that feels just as true, but also feels patient, loving, calm, and confident and decisive. And that is what I want. All right, are you still here? Oh my goodness. I used to love listening to really long podcasts and podcasts, I think in general, used to be a lot longer than they are now. Now shorter seems to be better, but thank you for sticking around. I love being in this space with you. If you want to join me for my group coaching course next week, go to parentinginthemiddle.com. I would love to see you there. Have a great day.